Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Once a week, I have lunch at Commander's Palace and invite guests from the world of New Orleans business to join me. Lately, we've gotten used to hearing how great we're doing as a magnet for entrepreneurs here in New Orleans. All sorts of original thinkers are starting up all kinds of revolutionary businesses, putting us on top of all kinds of lists from best city to start a business to best destination for postgrads. My two guests on Out to Lunch today are on the top of two lists, and if I was a gambler, I'd bet that you didn't know we were even in the running for these lists. Here's the first one. Where's the longest go-kart track in the United States? Hey, it's right here in New Orleans. It's called NOLA Motorsports Park, and it just opens its gates in Avondale. Wes Ratcliffe is NOLA Motorsports Director of Business Development and Technology, and Wes is joining me at lunch today. Also joining me is Max Matern. Max is the General Manager of the Transportation Revolution New Orleans. Do you know this place? If you ride a Ducati motorbike or a Vespa scooter, you probably do. And here's the list they're on the top of. TTRNO is one of the biggest Vespa dealers in the United States, and they have a trackside service area for bikes at NOLA Motorsports Park, as well as a clubhouse out there. So, gentlemen, start your engines. It's lunchtime. Wes Ratcliffe, Max Matern, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to having you, you guys. I've been waiting for the show for a couple of weeks here. Wes, um, I think I'm a pretty average New Orleanian. I read the paper occasionally when there is one. Uh, <laughs> I think it's months with an R in it, or is that, maybe that's oysters. I don't know. I, I watch the news. I have a few friends who seem to know what's going on and are happy to tell me over a beer. But your amazing operation, this huge and extremely impressive racetrack, seems to have sprung up overnight without much publicity. Was that intentional? Uh, has the local press ignored you, or am I totally ignorant about what's going on? How did you build this, and what has inspired you to do it, Wes? You know, it was entirely intentional. Uh, I think we're the fifth to propose building a racetrack in New Orleans area. That's right. Over the years, we've heard people Yeah, a lot of people, you know, big, big talk and not many results. So uh, our kind of angle on it was, well, let's go ahead and get it built. Let's get it done, and then we'll start talking about it. We'll start having the press out, the media out. Let's hold some big events. And that's exactly what we did. Well, that's great. Now, how did you, now you're out there in Avondale. I think most of us are familiar with, for instance, Avondale, where the ships are built. Where are mm -hmm. you relative to that? Uh, if you know where the Lario Center is or the sure. Huey P, uh, we're about two miles from there. So very close. It's only 14 miles from downtown. And who is the market for you folks over there? In my mind, I think it would be very broad. But yeah, it is. No, what's spectacular about the place we built is that we really appeal to everybody. From young to old, uh, we've got something if you just want to watch to all the way, if you want to be a race car driver, want to learn to be you know, the next Michael Schumacher, we can get you there. And when you say race car, you've got, you've got go-karts, yep. and then what do you have north of that? All right, so after our go-karts, and I'll tell you this, uh, most of your race car drivers, all your Formula One guys start in karts. Uh, all really? of your NASCAR guys start in go-karts. So it's a spectacular way to kind of dip your toe in the water, have a lot of fun at a very cheap price, and then, you know, if you find that you're good at that, take it to the big track. You know, hop in some race cars. So we offer driving schools for 
you know, young and old, if you've got a license, we'll get you in a race car. Even if you don't know how to drive a stick, we'll teach you. Happens all the time. And we'll get you on track. You'll be going well over 100 miles an hour on perfectly smooth New Orleans roads. Yes, they exist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, your original, uh, we always ask people about the financing for these ideas because that's one of the big uh, first steps. Uh, Dr. Lenny Schwest uh, was your... Uh, I guess was where the capital came from? Yeah, correct. And, uh, well, he's the visionary behind it. You know, when we started, when I joined forces uh, with Lanish West, uh, I was the first guy on the project. And I met him early on. He said, hey, I want to build a racetrack in New Orleans. I said, Lanny, that's a crazy idea. Why would we build a racetrack in New Orleans? He said, no, no, this is a great idea. I want a great place for the family to come. I want somewhere I can drive my own car fast. You know, have my friends come out. And we started looking around and found a great piece of land that's really kind of centrally located in the city. The way the river wraps around us, uh, man, we're close to everything. And uh, Laney was the capital behind it. There's no, you know, no banks involved, no government money. It's all private capital. Uh, it's been the largest project ever in the history of uh, Jefferson Parish. How much does all this cost? Uh, uh, right now, we're at about 55, 60 million. Wow. Uh, along the way, you know, we started much smaller, but we've really seen the opportunity. We've loved New Orleans and seen that, hey, this can bring a lot of people from across the nation, even across the world. It already has. So we've, you know, continued to spool it up, and as we learn more, keep adding that. Now, what are, would these race cars, I'm not sure, would they be like a NASCAR car or a, like the kind that Mario Andretti drives? What, what, what kind of car is this? Yeah, and they're, they're approachable, so they're Mustangs. Uh, they're built from the factory to be a race car, though, so they would never survive a typical New Orleans road. They've got front splitters, they're low, uh, but they're everything a race car should be. You know, they're gutted, there's no interior. Uh, they've got roll cages, they're loud, obnoxious, you know, but it's, it's perfect. You jump in, and we give you a racing suit, a helmet, I mean, you're the real deal. It's your opportunity to be, you know, be that race car driver that's kid you always dreamed about. God, you know, because I love Talladega Nights. That's mm -hmm. my real, yeah, that's Ricky kind Bobby, of my Ricky basis Bobby. for all this. So, yeah. Why? Now, the one thing that would hit me right away is that, I, you know, we're on swampy soil. We're kind of like built yeah. on jello down here. Yep. That wouldn't seem great for a racetrack. How did you No, it's, it's actually a horrible place to build a racetrack. I would not advise <laughs> it at all. Uh, we've gone through a lot of R&D, and that's one thing, you know, to credit Lanny. His uh, just ability to plan, to innovate, you know, where people say it can't be done, he's going to find a way to do it and find a way to be the best at it. So we had to develop a process that uh, we stabilize the soil, and by doing that, we make it much, much stiffer than regular soil. And we also make it lighter. So the entire sub-base of all of our parking lots, of all of our racetrack, is like a raft. It's like a life raft. And all the asphalt is floating on this life raft. So no matter what happens in that swampy soil around us, uh, our track is floating and it's here to stay. Well, and then you brought actually a piece of this asphalt with you, which yeah. is yeah. a little lost on radio, but it's, it's really impressive to me. That's, that's, that's for the important part. Now, Max, uh, the New Orleans Transportation Revolution is a family business that your family started in 2002 as Vespa New Orleans. Uh, uh, this is a great city for bikes. It's flat. The weather is bike-friendly most of the year. Then on the other hand, you've got the famous potholes and, and those New Orleans drivers. Mm -hmm. but, but aside yeah. from that, apparently you weren't satisfied with just having one of the biggest Vespa markets in the U.S. You branched out to include Triumph and Ducati motorbikes. Uh, you obviously love motorbikes. When did you discover you could turn your, your passion into a business? Well, what really happened was that uh, it was my mom that started the, the business. Because your family went to Italy, right, and fell exactly. in love with the motor exactly. scooters. We went there. Uh, the whole family went. We saw scooters, and we figured this could be great for New Orleans. It's so European, mm -hmm. same kind of feel, could easily get from the French Quarter to Uptown, wherever you needed to get around. So we, uh, we came back to the U.S. We started looking into Vespa Piaggio. Granted, none of us in the family had ever ridden one or even seen one up close. Uh, we contacted them and they said, we're looking for dealers right now. So um, we wrote up a business proposal. My father is a, uh, is an, uh, uh, a CPA, so he was able to write a great business proposal, uh, sent it off to them. They approved it. We opened up a shop. 
Um, from there, my mom ran the whole thing and the family kind of helped out the entire time. Uh, and we all kind of took on our own little job. So I took on everything service oriented. My brother took on everything sales oriented. Um, and then from there, we ended up growing more and more and more. Katrina happened. We opened up a location in Baton Rouge after that. And, uh, and then my mom kind of decided to give the reins over to my brother and I. And uh, when we did that, we decided you know, the only way to really expand is to bring on more lines. So we brought on Triumph first and then Ducati later. And ever since, we've been just growing and growing. And I'm going to brag on you because you probably wouldn't say it yourself, but you're, you're the, first, the youngest person ever to have a, uh, see, be, be a Vespa technician. Mm -hmm. And then now mm -hmm. you're a certified uh, Ducati Mm -hmm. a uh, certified master tech, yeah. So mm -hmm. it just, it's a matter of flying around the country and going to different classes throughout the entire time. But yeah, there's not many of us. And uh, so yeah, it's a, it's, a good, it's a good thing to have under your belt. Cool. Can you ride your yeah. motorbikes at his track? Yeah, we do that all the time. Actually, I gotta, <laughs> after, we, after we finish up this lunch, I'm going yeah. over there. So. Awesome. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of testosterone in this room. Wow. And of course, what you've done yeah. is you've actually taken... Um, uh, you've taken people off the streets that were doing like street racing or whatever, yeah. right? You're, you've made, you've legalized this thing. Yeah. No. You know, in <laughs> fact, this uh, past Sunday we held our first dragon laps. So my background is drag racing. You know, I come from that that industry. Uh, worked in the you know the building of the cars, really? all the electronic tuning. You know, working with the drivers, kind of coaching them because you can build this amazing car that's really fast. But if the driver can't drive it, then what good is it? So I would either tune the car to the driver, or maybe you know the driver needed some tweaks to kind of <laughs> help him the driver calm now, that, that gas pedal footer down a little bit. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> is there um, is, is the track out there? Is that going to be part of uh, some sort of circuit that they have out there, or is it? Yeah, going? absolutely. So uh, the circuit we've got now, we call it the North Track, and it's got three configurations. Uh, the smallest is 1.8 mile. And the largest is two and three quarter miles. And, you know, based on driver skill, based on what the racing that we're doing out there or the driving that we're doing out there, we'll mix it up. You know, we'll go different configurations for different times. And so uh, we, will we see professional races out there? Yeah, matter of fact, we already have. Uh, you know, going back to the motorcycle guys with Max, we had the American Motorcycle Association. Uh, they had their grand finale race here in New Orleans. Uh, Speed TV told me that it was, that's the guys that filmed it, uh, said that it was the most colorful race they'd ever seen. Uh, we had, you know, Mardi Gras World brought out some great, you know, gestures and Mardi Gras floats. We had uh, all sorts we had of good Rolling Elm vibe here. So that's what the Rolling Elm vibe came out. You know, the 610 Stompers. The 610 Stompers in some go-karts, let them ride around and talk about a good group of guys. Hilarious. They're just, wow. they're good people. Yeah. Now, what about, um, uh, I'm thinking like birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, you know, I mean. Yeah, the kind circumcisions, of we do it all. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been yep. a rough day for you. Have a ride. <laughs> yeah. a, wow, wow, that is, that is terrific. They, uh, let's see, what I've got to ask you a couple of questions we do in the checklist part of the program. We're asking you questions that uh, uh, really wouldn't show up on a loan application, but mm -hmm. it helps us get to know you, yeah. know you a little bit better. Um, I'll, I'll start, um, let's see, I'll start with Max. Um, are you afraid of anything? Is there any, like, afraid of heights, afraid of commitment, afraid of spiders, anything like that? That's, uh... <laughs> well, you brought up spiders. Obviously, everyone's afraid of spiders. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I would say on that one. Uh, of course, everybody's afraid of stuff. Having a, having a small business in New Orleans when you don't have insanely deep pockets is always something that, to be scared of. You now, know? that but, is uh, a good response. They, uh, so if I was to ask you, uh, what keeps you up at night? Is, uh, what part about the business is... You know, one of the things that we really, really strive to do is keep really good customer service. So try to keep everybody happy and make sure everybody's okay. And when there's a bike that has been sitting in the shop for more than a day and it's not out yet and the customer is, is waiting for their bike and that's the only means of transportation, I can't yeah. sleep at all. There's, 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 no, uh, there's no getting me to sleep if, 
if uh, I don't have a customer that's happy. And then you can find out if the customer knows how to swear in Italian. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's kind of a nice... Exactly. Uh, the, now, what yeah. about yourself? What, what, um, this is a big operation. There's a yeah. lot of money involved in it. Yep. What makes you nervous? I mean, obviously, you're, you're just quite an endeavor. Uh, yeah. What do you worry about? You know, we came in early on, like I, like I told you, it was a much smaller facility than it is now. Uh, over time, though, we realized, man, the business opportunity for this is huge. So uh, what sets us apart, really, from any other racetrack is that our track is made up of about 12 different business units. And what's cool about that is that, you know, if one business unit maybe is having a slow time, I guarantee you the other business units well, Give me an example are, of two yeah. units that might... Uh, yeah, so let's see. So we've got ones where our go-karts are doing phenomenal. Uh, absolutely just blowing the doors off of it. We had a three-year projection uh, where we thought they would be. We're already there. Crazy. You know, just, but the response you know, from the culture around New Orleans has been great. People love to come have fun, and we're so close that it's just a natural fit to come out. Uh, so there's other things like our driving schools, which are just kicking off. So you know, that, the go-karts doing so well gave us some time to really perfect those driving schools. Now that we're hitting stride with those, you know, they're booking up, and actually I'm having trouble finding instructors now. We're getting that many people coming through. Well, you know what I was thinking is uh, conventions that come in town. Do they yes. ever, you know, they're always looking for that special event that's going to make yeah, the event. They ever come absolutely. out? Absolutely, yeah. So we're going uh, to the Super Bowl luncheon uh, this week, uh, meeting people. But yeah, Conventions Orbits was here. Uh, we do a lot of small team building things. Uh, Wouldn't it be funny yeah. if it's like the ne American Librarian Association came and everybody wanted to? You know, to, yeah. <laughs> you could be there. We've, we've had accounts. We had lawyers there. Wow. Wow. That is, uh, and let me ask you uh, another question here is that, uh, I love what you two guys are doing, and you're obviously incredibly committed to it, but if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Uh, for me, I, I love innovation. I love technology. So uh, something... It, it would be tech. It would be cars. It's kind of that fusion of cars, tech, and then just something to have fun with. You know, I've, always, I've had the benefit of always teacher, having fun. Nothing like that. <laughs> no, no. I've got a little five-year-old girl, so keeping her entertained is a job <laughs> in itself. <laughs> technology and innovation. What about yourself? Yeah. God, that is, that is a question I ask myself all the time. I don't know <laughs> what I would do. Um, yeah. Traveling evangelist. There's a lot of yeah. opportunities. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Something, something with traveling. I don't something know. Something with traveling. They, something yeah. where I wasn't in the same spot the whole time. <laughs> you're but, obviously, mm. you like to move around a lot, and you're very handy. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that'll, that would definitely come in handy. You know, being a mechanic at another shop, I don't think is what I would be. Uh, you, once be, you've run your own shop. Yeah, you know, once, once you've mm -hmm. worked for yourself for long enough, it's kind of hard to work for somebody else. So, uh, don't know. Don't we know. Find, I, that's, we find enough. that with guests, though, that no matter what, even if this didn't work out, they were going to. They have more ideas in the, yeah. in the hopper somewhere. That, yeah. Well, that's terrific. And now's the time we uh, check our inbox, and that's where the producer picks a question that's come in uh, during the week from a listener. And uh, Grant, what have you got? Peter, we've got a bunch of questions as usual today on Facebook and Twitter, but I decided to go with this one from Steve Uplander, which is kind of a sort of a socioeconomic question. He says, Formula One motor racing always seems to me to be associated with wealthy upper-class Europeans. NASCAR seems to be associated with blue-collar Americans. Most other sports aren't like this. Football, baseball, even horse racing is a great leveler. Why does motor racing seem to have this socioeconomic component? God, that was the exact thesis yeah. for Talladega Nights. There's, <laughs> I knew this would, would come in. What is the answer there? Very two, two different kind Boy, of racing. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, it's, racing is, is neat, and as we've run different events at different times, we just had our Ferrari race you know, this weekend, and then we book in that with some drag racing. So it's fun to see the different kind of people come together. What's interesting, though, is there's a lot of crossover. Believe it or not, your guy that's a Formula One fan is also cheering for the drag racing, you know, okay. is also cheering for NASCAR. 
Uh, I run Formula One viewing parties at the track. So we'll all get together, and the same guys that were at the drag strip yesterday come to the Formula One parties. The same guys that are going to the Austin Formula One race. So there's a lot of crossover. Really, a gearhead is a gearhead is a gearhead. He likes cars. He likes bikes. He likes carts. We're all the same. Mm -hmm. Wow. See, I would not have thought that. What, what about you? You think the same thing? You know, um, yeah, I do. I really do think that there's a lot of crossover. I think what also is really nice is uh, one side of the road racing... Um, road racing lifestyle, I guess, that's really attainable also mm -hmm. is like we were talking about before with the AMA coming in town. Uh, now, what is that? That's, um, American Motorcycle Association. Okay, so right. that's, That was, uh, like, like Wes mm -hmm. said earlier, the season ender for motorcycle racing was at the racetrack. And what makes those very attainable is that you might not be able to afford the you know, Ferrari mm -hmm. open-wheel race car that, that was going around the track just now, but the bikes that they're racing here are $10,000 motorcycles that mm -hmm. they're putting out on the track and doing these amazing things with. So yep. there are some things that, you know, whether they're road race or circle course, there's, there's some really attainable things to them. So. Wow, that is Let me tell you one thing that's sure. funny, too. Uh, you notice our guys that go in the driving school, they put them in Mustangs. There's been a very many Ferrari guys out there that have been embarrassed by the Mustang guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> the cars nowadays, I mean, even whatever you can buy from the you know, dealership a lot, it, the performance is phenomenal. Same with the bikes. I mean, the bikes yeah. even more so. These bikes are so fast. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so just because you don't have a Ferrari or a Porsche doesn't I, I mean you can't go. As a matter of fact, you're, you're probably better off with a Corvette or a, you know, a Mustang, Camaro, because uh, wow. their, their performance is unbelievable nowadays. I will take my Volkswagen Passat out there and see what, <laughs> see yep, what happens. This guy's had his VW out, right? I took my VW out, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah bring whatever you've got. Like I said, we're in it for a good time. You know, where you want to drive fast, drive slow. If you want to be a race car driver, if you just want to go drive fast and not hit potholes, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. Well, that is, that is great. You know, this is the part of the uh, show we call Lunch Money, which is we take a look at, at lunch money. Your lunch money is our out-to-lunch stock portfolio uh, where we ask a guest to come up with a stock pick each week, and it's really a lot of fun. I just was looking back at our, our numbers here from some other guests. The, the winner so far has been uh, Jessica Blanchard, who uh, from the yoga and nutrition industry, they recommended Lululemon, which is that uh, <laughs> the clothing line on there. Yeah. And so far, the, the worst performance, and... I like this guy, so it's nothing. Is uh, 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 Eric from uh, Old New Orleans Rum Company mm -hmm. uh, picked Larry Facebook, yeah. and uh, that's yeah. that's been having a tough time. It's down about. It's lost about a third yeah. of its value. It's a. Uh, it's like a guy told me the other day. He says a uh, old guy goes into the doctor's office and he's in the lobby. He sees a friend of his there, and the, says the guy, "What's what's wrong?" He goes, oh, "I don't want to talk about it." And he says, "Oh, no, come on, we've been friends for years. What is it?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, I get VD at 81." And the, uh, and the other guy goes, nothing. I got Facebook at 45. So, it's, um, <laughs> so these are, uh, that's what we'll give to Derek for our idea here. And uh, what are we, what's our stock picks in here? Well, let's start with Max. Oh, geez. Um, what I would pick is actually going to be uh, Audi Auto Group. And the reason would be, uh, first off, they just recently purchased Ducati. So it's, oh, it's very wow. close, to, uh, close to us. Um, but what's good about them, you know, they're in the German auto market, which is just starting to feel the deficits, uh, the, the, the big debt crisis that's going on down there. And uh, so they've dropped pretty significantly in their shares. But so in other words, Germany's doing fine, but a lot of their sales were to like Italy and Spain. Exactly, and yeah. Okay. Auto market sales overall have kind of dropped pretty significantly, but they've done partnerships like what they're doing with Ducati and a couple other big uh, uh, technology firms and stuff like that. And they're trying to really advance and take market share over what uh, other car lines are. So. And that trades uh, on the Frankfurt Exchange, I would imagine? No. Uh, yeah. That's, that's great. All right. Now, am I going to get an automotive pick from you as well? You know, you will. Uh, my, my initial pick was not automotive, but after thinking about it, uh, you know, really Ford, uh, Ford came out. And I had the opportunity to have a driving school with Jim Farley, who is the, uh, the VP of marketing for Ford. Uh, he's kind of the front runner. And uh, when I was talking to him, it was right in the kind of that debt crisis. 
Aaron, I said, Jim, so you, know, you didn't take the bell out. What are That's y'all going right. to do? What's your plan? So he kind of you know, gave me his plan, and sure enough, the guy did it. You know, just today they announced a $1.6 billion profit, and that was despite you know, the European losses. They, you know, they lost mm-hmm. $600 million in Europe, but even with that, still a $1.6 billion profit. Amazing. But it's, it's all through innovation. It's through technology. It's through listening to the consumer. Uh, so, yeah, so Ford is my pick. And uh, that's great. And that's uh, F, I think, is the ticker yes, symbol F, on yeah, that. Simple, so simple. Yep. That'll be, uh, they've been around a long When you have one letter, you've been around yeah, a long time. Yeah, and it's a safe time. bet on the stock market, too. If you look over history, I mean, it's a safe bet. Wow. And they were yeah. the only people not to take the bailout yes, money, correct. right? They'd, correct. Wow. Yeah. Well, that is... Uh, and uh, he went over kind of what they did to not take that bailout. I mean, it was extreme of actually cutting off lights in meetings. I mean, they went through huge measures. So, you know, bravo to their dedication. Really? Yeah. Wow. I hope they don't shut the lights out on us here. We're, we're doing <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Max Matern, uh, Wes Radcliffe. New Orleans seems to be changing in almost every dimension you can think of. I really had no idea that this whole motorsports industry existed here to the level that it does and to the extent that it's poised to become. Uh, the renaissance that is going on in New Orleans isn't happening by random chance. It's happening because people like you have vision and passion and uh, are making the city greater than it's ever been. Thank you on behalf of... Uh, all of New Orleanians who stand to gain from your hard work, uh, both uh, Max and Wes, thanks for uh, joining me on Out to Lunch today. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. Great, I learned a lot. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Wes Radcliffe, Director of Business Development and Technology for NOLA Motorsports, and Max Matern, General Manager of the Transportation Revolution New Orleans. To find out more about NOLA Motorsports Park, including how you can race a car or a motorbike around the track yourself, or to check out a Vespa Triumph or Ducati motorbike at TTRNO. Follow the links on our site, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer today is Mitch Cry. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, and you can sign up for our mailing list at itsneworleans.com. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at It's New Orleans. To listen to past shows or to get this show as a podcast, go to wwno.org or itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO. For itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. Until we meet around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc.